Do you feel alone? Even your mama doesn't love you. Do you think you're weird? A bowling ball shouldn't be able to fit in there. Do you have a secret? I bet it's big. True Me with Kevin and Farah. Driven by secrets, fueled by shame. Worldwide, women between the ages of 15 and 44 are more at risk from rape and domestic violence than cancer, car accidents or malaria. Put together? Yeah, well yeah, that you are more at risk of those things than those other things I just mentioned. Also, um, in Malaysia, there are statistics that say that every 35 minutes, a woman is raped. Hmm. So these are some startling you know, statistics. It is very startling. Uh, now we're not going to go into you know the definition of rape and all that. You should have an idea in mind what rape is. But we do uh, have Adrian in the studio, and Adrian, you used to work for UNHCR. You've dealt with issues such as this, and today you want to talk about um, abuse. You mentioned earlier. Yeah, let's talk about this. What do you have to say about the numbers that Farah shared with you earlier? Um, first of all, yes, thank you for sharing those numbers. Um, the the first thing that came to my mind when I heard those numbers was that those are the numbers that have only been reported. Mm-hmm. Um, there are probably tons of people out there, and I, when, I'm, when I say tons, probably 10 times those numbers who um, have not had, had the same opportunities um, to go up and report of their traumas and their abuses. So that was the first thing that came to my mind, really. Um, the, f- the trauma and the abuses, and these are... Sexual and gender-based violences, trauma? yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. which okay. means that someone is attacking you based on your sexuality or your gender. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, the definition that I follow was based on the UNHCR SGBV guidelines that I uh, used to f- go by, and the definition there is any physical, sexual, and or psychological harm that reinforces power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I define it. Because that's a very powerful definition in itself. Um, because if we look at a lot of gender-based violences um, that particularly happen in Southeast Asia, we're going to see that a lot of it has to do with a man. Um, unfortunately, it's a man, but it's a man trying to reinstate his power or to or to assert some kind of control. Yeah, uh, like what happened in India. There were these. Uh, there were men who were uh, arrested for rape, and a lot of them had talked about how they felt like they were losing control, and that's a lot of the reason why um, they felt like they needed to assert their power in such what? a violent way. Um, was yeah. that a legitimate? That I was mean, one of the reasons. Excu- I mean, it's an excuse, but it's it's a reason they gave. But here's the thing: that I think that we need to understand that as much as this, like women are victims, yes, yeah. but men are also victims. A lot of it. To the system There's something called Toxic masculinity Yeah um, Where a lot of them It's ingrained in them That power and control um, Comes from sometimes Asserting your own entitlement Over a woman's sexuality mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there are times I mean we all grew up Well I, at least I did I grew up in a culture Where if you, if you are taught As a young girl Once you get married If your husband wants it Yeah uh, You have to give it to him Whether you don't Whether you want to or not Yeah And, and that is scary Because recently I just messaged you Remember that last yeah. week? I messaged you an exam yes. Question where, like, you know, how do you punish a disobedient wife by hitting her lightly, by hitting her somewhere nobody can see, or by hitting her somewhere that's not sensitive? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the thing is, I, I, as a man, I would like to say that uh, uh, sexual and gender based violence is not contained to just physical violence, there is emotional no, no. violence yes, as well. Yes, yes. 
there's the, uh, so physical, sexual, and psychological. Mm-hmm. That's what's mentioned in the definition. So psychological is otherwise known as emotional or mental abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there a breakdown on that? Is it like is it cheating? Is it uh, uh, I don't know, manipulating verbal them, attack, making so, them fight with your friends? Mm. Yeah. Um, emotional abuse encompasses quite a lot, actually. Um, it could cover abusive behaviors such as yelling or swearing, manipulation, bullying, sarcasm. So anything that is um, emotional and not physical that's something that's verbal and not physical um, and it's any abusive beha- behavior that isn't physical such as like confinement isolation ah. verbal assault intimidation um, things mm. like this yeah. going back to the emotional abuse really quick I think a yeah. lot of us like as you're, as you're telling me like you said sarcasm as, as one of it mm-hmm. and I'm just in my mind going wait a minute if I were to if I were to mark every single time a man was sarcastic to towards me I, I think I, I would lose count yeah. um, you know I think everybody here can kind of but um, we're sarcastic people you and me mm-hmm. but but I think it, it comes to like how far does this go like oh wh- more like oh of course you're sad you're sensitive about everything that's sort of belittling the, the woman the other half if it has some kind of emotional damage yeah mm. yes. why yes. is this something so that you wanted to talk about today Adrian um, because growing up I was emotionally abused as well um, and so I experienced a lot of these things. I experienced um, being humiliated in public, I ex- and this is normal. So being called stupid in front of my friends or being called... St- well, there's worse things than being called stupid. Um, there were other things that I was called as well, but I don't want to mention it here. Um, but just being um, degraded publicly every day um, or being fat-shamed every day by, um, by my father and family members but my the main perpetrator was my father um, and just yeah just just having experiencing that on a daily basis and um, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because when we talk about um, sexual and gender-based violence when we talk about gender-based violence or just violence against women we talk about rape we talk about um, physical violence we talk about sexual violence but we most often time leave out emotional violence and to me I think that the impact is just as harmful or maybe sometimes even more harmful than um, physical or sexual violence see when it comes to a situation like that like you you were you grew up in this environment yes yeah. right like your father was a was a was, was a perpetrator of this yeah. why do you think that that culture was was there why was why was it so ingrained because I'm assuming your father didn't think he was actually hurting you mm. or, or was that the case um I don't know. I cannot speak for him because I don't know what he stopped, his thought processes are like. Um, but so I once I got out of the situation, I tried to understand where he was coming from. And I tried to look back at when all of this started. And I realized that... So my mom told me that my dad was different the minute he, um, he had a baby. Mm. And... So then I never knew why that affected me so much until I went into UNHCR and um, I studied SGBV a little bit more. And then I understood that in in the patriarchal system, men are pressured to provide. Mm -hmm. Um, Men are often pressured to earn an income and sustain the family. And um, 
I lived in a family where we weren't financially well off. We weren't poor, but we weren't financially well off as well. Um, there was a time when my parents were selling Naslama just to earn a living and sustain ourselves. And um, on top of that, uh, he had children to provide for. Mm. And so all of that stress just for a man um, was, I, I can imagine, was really pressurizing. And so... And he had, and he had um, no uh, other places to go to. He had no no one to talk to about wow, it because men and men are not really emotional beings. They don't really talk about yeah. their problems with one another. It's a social um, condition as well between yeah. men to exactly. not talk about their feelings. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, I'm not trying to take this away from oh, you. No, this no, is yeah, always yeah. going to yeah, be. Uh, for this entire episode, we will be talking about gender-based violence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We do need to take a very, very short break. We'll be right back. So you're still listening to Kevin and Farah on True Me on, right here in Ice Kacang. And we are still talking to Adrienne and specifically about emotional abuse. Now, Adrienne, you mentioned that, um, you know, you were basically having these sort of emotion, emotional abuse coming from your father. What's your relationship with your father like right now? Um, I don't speak to him anymore. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, are you close to your mom or... Is she aware of something, the situation? Um, yeah, she's aware because she's a victim of it as well, unfortunately. But at this moment, I have basically cut ties with my family. Mm. Oh, mm. How you, is that? Oh, sorry. Um, but was there an, like an altercation or a confrontation that happened? As a... Uh, regarding the abuse father. because yeah like mm, regarding the abuse and and what basically caused this um like you to pull away from your family was it something that happened drastically or slowly it was something that happened gradually so um the more i understood about emotional abuse the more i understood about what it meant and how it impacted me um i made that conscious decision to dis- distance myself away from my father because it wasn't healthy for me. It was impacting me in ways that I couldn't even imagine unle- until I got out of it. Mm. Um, so how it's impacted me is that it's because of the dynamics I have with my father. I mean, he's the only male model I have in my life. Um, and he was someone that I grew up with and I, and, and I looked up to. So when I started dating men, I looked for people like him. Mm. And so that impacted my relationships as well. And... Um, because it was such a toxic relationship with my father, I started picking up on all of the traits and um, translating them into my personal relationships, such as um, so how we navigate around conflict or how we solve conflict at home is um, giving each other the cold shoulder. <laughs> um, which is bad, which is unhealthy because it doesn't solve anything. Exactly. Um, no one's communicating, everyone's brushing everything under the carpet and no one's saying anything. So there's all of these pent-up emotions um, that's just left to manifest. And so we would usually have full-blown fights in our house um, and then it just becomes really, really emotional, really intense. Um, And since that was a way that we used to solve conflict at home I used to translate that into my personal relationships Mm. so whenever there was a conflict in my relationship I would give them the cold shoulder I would run away from them and it's damaged so many of my relationships before and I never realized why I did it until I got out of the situation and understood it better so that's just one instance and that's just um, the menial instance um, of how it's impacted me Mm. it's impacted me in so many ways um, that I needed to make that call for myself and say this is enough for me I, I need to get out of this relationship because it's just not doing me any good was there any point in your life where you felt like perhaps you couldn't trust any men um 
So for me, it worked really differently. For me, because I couldn't find a safe space at home, I used to try to go out and look for that safe space. So I used to try and go out and look for that um, for the men who could give me the space that I was yearning for. Mm. So for me, um, no, it wasn't difficult to trust men. Um, in fact, it probably made me trust men more outside as opposed to inside my own home. With with regards to let's say your relationship with your mother, did you at any point? Um, Um, sort of fault her for not sort of being your savior in that situation. Um, I did, um, unfortunately. So, but um, as I understood the dynamics of abuse more as well, I also witnessed how she was also a victim of abuse, and how um, I won't I won't say that it was. I won't say that I condone her behavior. I won't say that her behavior was right. Um, but she has been physically abusive to me as well. I have a mark across my arm that's um, result of a scratch from her. Um, but yes, so yes, um, my relationship with my mother has not been great at first. Um, but when I understood the, the dynamics of abuse more, I sympathized and empathized with her more. But then it came to a point where. I also had to make the very very tough call in saying that I can only save myself in this situation for now because I'm only capable of saving myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot um, save anyone else if they don't want to help themselves. Uh, so do you have yeah. you have siblings as well? I do. Yes. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Does your do your parents treat them the same way they yes. treat you? Yes. Yes, unfortunately. So that being unfortunate and uh, obviously the one very devastating thing is the physical violence that happen mm-hmm. besides the emotional violence mm-hmm. now the emotional abuse makes you feel you know it confuses you and makes you feel less than what you're worth uh the physical violence must have been very very difficult for you to handle as well no yeah um it took me a while to acknowledge that it was physical violence um i've been in I've been volunteering in the prevention against sexual abuse for I think about seven years, but I think it only took me last year to really accept the fact that I was physically abused as well. Simply because we live in a part of the world where caning is um, known as disciplining, yep. and it's common around here. Teachers mm-hmm. do it, parents do it, especially parents. And it's not and just. So, Canes as well. They can use literally any items. Anything. So belts, hangers, chairs, really all of the sort. Yeah. So it took me a while to acknowledge that it was physical violence. Um, I I questioned what was right and what was not right. I mean, where was the line with to to say it's discipline? Where what was the line to say that it's harmful? Right. And then it. I just remembered that. Um, I have been hit till I bled, mm. and that was justified as discipline. So then, where do I draw that line mm. of? See, because I say yeah. I think that there is this really blurred line between discipline and abuse in Malaysia. It, mm. we, we read in the, in the papers all the time, whether it be in schools or at homes. Now the question is, I have is let's say because it's very much ingrained in our uh, Malaysian society um, that parents. You know, we expect our parents to be be a little bit harsher, um, or, or you know, if we compare with Western standards of discipline, right? Yeah. But the question is, um, how can one sort of identify whether or not they're being disciplined or they're being abused? abused? Um. So I've been in a training um, under my dear friend, and um, 
You can she is actually. Her name, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if she'd be comfortable. <laughs> the individual outside. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was actually given. Uh, so I actually underwent a training that was conducted by my dear friend outside, and um, she asked this really pertinent question, which I thought was very important. Um, when you get hit, how would you usually feel if someone's about to hit you? How would you usually feel? Or if you're about to hit someone, how would you usually feel? Does it mostly feel right or does it mostly feel wrong? And I, I hear a lot of people who hit say that they don't actually like hitting. And I hear a lot of people who has been hit um, don't comment about it being an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. So. If you recall um, how you felt when you were about to be hit, you're not even hit yet, but when you're about to be hit, it's usually feelings of fear, um, timid, timidness, um, scared, um, or, you know, all of these negative emotions. So I think that's just indication that hitting in general is just not right. Um, because it's just someone exerting their own power over someone else um, to silence them or to correct them or to control them, really. Mm. But that's with physical violence. What about emotional abuse here? Mm -hmm. I think that's a harder distinction to make, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's discipline or abuse. So Mm -hmm. how do you think we could navigate through that? That is a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it's like same thing like your mother could... All of us grew up with sort of... I know I grew up with a mum that would comment about the way I looked all the time, right? And we just took it as my mom wanted the best for us and she's a bit of like, you know, she's, she has a mouth on her. And also because their previous generation would be just exact- as harsh as them. Exactly. I remember my grandmother, my, my mom would tell me, you think me caning you is bad. Your grandmother used to use an actual cane, like a bamboo <laughs> cane, to whip me in the head. Exactly. Because yeah. you, know, you, you, you do that to hang your clothes, yeah. right? So you get hit by that and that's yeah. even a lot more violent. Yeah. And the thing is, how do you, how yeah. do you stop that cycle? Are you scared, Farah, that you're going to become a parent and one day you're going to do something to your child that's going to harm them emotionally? Yeah, that's that's actually something that inherently I feel uh, which, which has stopped me from having really committed relationships because mm. it, there's a lot of things it's how I am in relationships and all that but it's also do I really want to put a child in the world when I myself am not sure of how to raise this child because I don't really have what I would consider the perfect role models. You know, my mother was that's the thing like with emotional abuse having this conversation is suddenly like this flat, massive flashback um where I'm just looking at all those instances where I felt like crap. Like until today, I have huge like insecurities that stem from those moments, those yeah. conversations. Yeah. But how would we, you know, sort of identify those and how do we make a decision to do something about it? I guess like with all causes, it starts with awareness really. Just having more conversations about it and having it in your daily interactions or calling it out. Um, so me personally, um, for me personally, I do not partake in sarcastic conversations. I do not use sarcastic humor. Um, I don't yell at people. Um, I don't tre- threaten people. Um, so, but really, it's it, it's a lot of things. It's it's also. Um, really little thing. Well, not little, but it's really things like someone disrespecting someone in a, in 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 a demeaning way. Like someone's saying to someone else, um, very sarcastically, like, "Oh, you think you can do that? You think you're able to do that? You think you have the capacity to do that? No, you don't." Like mm. you know, things like that, snarky things like that. Um, just calling all of these out, or at least if not calling 
um, it out on other people than just rectifying your own mistakes and your own behaviors. Like really starting with the smallest of changes. Um, that was how I started my journey to change was really um, looking at all of the things that I didn't want to do and looking at all of the things that I identified was wrong and that made me feel bad and not having perpetrated on someone else. So do you end up right yeah. now respecting yourself more, feeling better about yourself or being kinder to yourself? Definitely, definitely. It's it's not only um, or an improved relationship with myself, but an improved relationship with the people around me as well. This has been a beautiful conversation, <laughs> incredibly enlightening. Once Yay. again, thank you, Adrienne. You're oh, fantastic. No worries. You're so well-spoken. <laughs> yeah, so well, I could shut up and just listen oh, to her talk and, the And the thing time. about it is that she's talking about some really heavy, really hard It's very things, personal. But but it's coming in such a beautiful, like, sweet oh. package. It's really lovely. <laughs> okay, um, thank you. I just want to encourage all listeners out there, do look, do, do read up, um, get yourself some kind of, um, how do I say this? Get some awareness. Yeah. I don't really think it's a get some awareness, but go be aware. Go be aware. <laughs> because your own mental well-being, your physical well-being, that's important. Yeah. We can't help you if you're being mentally abused, but you can't identify it until it's way too late when you start to destroy exactly. yourself. Exactly. When it comes down, one of the biggest takeaways from here is if it doesn't feel right... Look into it, yeah. It's it's go read up. There's there's so much literature online. As simple as going to the UNHCR website, you're able to get so much information. Um, plugging the website for some reason. Don't worry about it. Uh, that actually brings me before we wrap up the entire thing, Adrian. For people out there who are going through uh, gender-based violence, physical, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, is there any uh, way that they could contact uh, besides the authorities if they just want to talk? Is there any websites or outlets that you would recommend? Mm, great. Yeah, people with suicidal tendencies or have suicidal ideations, please reach out. Um, reach out even though it feels like crap um, to the Befrienders the Befrienders is great um, I don't know if you can just put up their number somewhere later on mm-hmm. um, yes call the Befrienders or um, if possible if you're going through something that is just um, difficult to experience try talking to someone as much as possible try talking to a professional about it there's no 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 shame in seeking counselling or therapy because you deserve it. I mean, you don't deserve the pain. So yes, just try talking to someone if and a professional if possible. Thank you very much, Adrian. And thank you very much for joining us today on Shroomy. Uh, so many questions to ask Adrian, but unfortunately we have run out of time. Aww. So thank you for joining us. And uh, this is Kevin and Farah. We will see you next week again on www.icekacang.com.my. Farah, are you all right? Adrian, that's her name. Yeah. Do I keep calling her Adrian? Yes. That's my father's I'm so name. so sorry. <laughs> oh, God, you see I feel I hate horrible now. That's your father's name. But it's, it's <laughs> can, can I just say Adrian a couple of times? And then you guys just replace, Adrian, replace the Adrian. words. Adrian. 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 Yeah. Adrian. I get it. Adrian, you're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.